Recording in progress. Hi everyone, this is Jackie Cooper with Crypto Mom 2, and I have a really exciting conversation that we're going to be having today about NFTs and sports and so many other things. I uh, wanted to uh, share with everyone who might be listening for the first time a little bit more about who I am and my background and also what Crypto Mom 2 is all about. I started Crypto Mom 2 last June, and so it's been about a year. I'm super excited about that. And it's all about chronicling my journey in the blockchain and cryptocurrency world. And I'm learning about various platforms that um, individuals can go to to look for uh, cryptocurrency and altcoins and Bitcoin, as well as everything else. And for the those that are new to this area, um, definitely like and subscribe to Crypto Mom 2 because I'm interviewing so many wonderful people in this area. So that way you can learn as I'm learning about non-fungible tokens or NFTs, as well as tokenization, about farming, about DeFi, about staking, all the various terms that I had no clue were about um, last year. So it's been a really exciting journey. And today we are going to be talking about NFTs. And NFTs are used in a variety of ways. They're used um, to create art. And so people can actually post digital art on various uh, platforms from OpenSea to Foundation to um, nifty and but you can also put music on and you can also do things that are related to memorabilia and that's what we're going to be talking about today as well as a lot of other different things so my guest today is a an attorney actually from up in new york and i uh connected with him on linkedin and uh facebook and other uh platforms and he has a really diverse background, and I'm super excited to have him on. How are you doing today, Ari? Good. How are you? I'm good. So why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? And um, as I'm going to mention to everyone, there'll be a block below our talk show. There will be links there so you can actually connect and find the NFTs. Um, so we will be mentioning them at least three times, but in case you don't have a pen and paper and you're listening and you're thinking, how will I remember? Just go back to the podcast and you'll be able to click in and be able to explore everything. So Ari, why don't you go ahead and share now? I know I've been doing a lot of talking. Not a problem. It's your show. Uh, my name is Ari Rosenbaum. I'm an ERISA attorney. I have my own practice for the last 11 years. I've been in practice for 23 years. An ERISA attorney means a retirement plan attorney for those who don't know that. Um, how did it all start with NFTs? A few years back, part of my practice, uh, I decided to run my own events. I'm a big sports guy, sports memorabilia guy. Uh, I looked at some of the other retirement plan events and thought that they were very expensive for people to be part of and this, this, and that. And so about three years ago, three and a half years ago, I started events at baseball stadiums around the country. Uh, unfortunately, stopped for COVID for about a year and change, and we'll have three more events back in September. You know, I'd invite uh, other retirement plan providers to a game uh but before that, a conference and there'd be content. And then we would bring in a, a baseball player. Um, you know, we did Wrigley Field and City Field and Dodger Stadium and 
uh, places around the country. Uh, you know, for me, you know, as a kid from Brooklyn to go to Kansas City, Missouri and, and go to a game and, and have an event there, that's not something I would ever dream of. And as a result, as part of these events, again, I would bring an athlete in and I have a good, very good friend by the name of Larry Davis, who used to be a vice president at Steiner Sports, and he would help with the athlete appearances. And I started learning about NFTs and I got an account at NBA Top Shot. Uh, buying these moments. And I, I still don't understand why that they're collectible, but when you sell uh, a LeBron James moment for $1,000, and uh, that does a pretty good uh, crack against my HELOC balance, um, I reached out to my buddy Larry. I said, Larry, why don't you get involved in the NFT business? And Larry's 12 years older than I am, and uh, he didn't understand it. So I said, okay, well, Larry, why don't we go into the NFT business? And that's how we started. Uh, along with another friend, and we started Three Guys NFT, which is on the OpenSea platform. And, uh, you know, right now we have NFT, uh, you know, basically the NFT trading cards. Mookie Wilson, Rudy Rudiger, who is the, uh, you know, main character of the movie Rudy in, in not only the movie, but in real life. Uh, and I'm also doing wrestling NFTs with a guy by the name of John Arezzi, who's a, a just wrote a wrestling book about his time as a photographer on WWF shows in the 1970s. And right now we're in the works with another wrestler and another well-known Twitter personality and just creating these NFT trading cards. Um, and of course, you know, there's so many hurdles involved with that and trying to avoid copyright issues as well. So it's, it's a very interesting and exciting time. And it's a challenging time as well to build up traction in this business. It's a little bit different than starting your own law practice and getting traction that way. So it's very exciting and exhilarating and challenging at the same time. So, so um, how, about how many NFTs do you have and, and where can someone find them? Uh, if you go to OpenSea uh, and search for three guys NFT or go to OpenSea.io backslash accounts backslash three guys NFT, you can see all the NFTs. We, we have right now about 250 that are still out there in circulation. Uh, most of them are on a um, set price. Uh, and we're in the midst probably within the next weeks of adding some more. So uh, funny. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's funny, but, you know, in terms of dealing with other personalities, famous, well-known people, to come to an agreement to do an NFT is fairly easy. But of course, you know, you would laugh, but the, what is the biggest stumbling block? Their attorney. <laughs> Their attorney. <laughs> Not just the attorney getting back to me. Forget about, I, I had one, uh, one person that we did the agreement with. Uh, his attorney was great. Got back to us one, two, three. I accepted all his changes, uh, but you know that—that's actually been the chal most challenging part in getting the NFTs to the marketplace. So I, I knew you'd get a good laugh about that. Uh, if in case I forgot to mention it for everyone who's on Crypto Mom too, my background's as an attorney, even though I'm right now a special education teacher. So I got into the NFT area because I wanted to both teach. Um, students of mine just about this wonderful area as well as to help other artists. So I do have a question. Uh, you can, if you're, if you have the ability um, right now, if your OpenSea is up, you have the ability to share a screen and actually show some of the NFTs. For those that are on our podcast talk show side, you'll have to go to the YouTube side. Um, and if for some reason they don't populate very very fast, I can always um, show it and and edit it in. But if you do, then we can also show those that are watching right now. I could I could share. Yeah, that'd be great. 
Awesome. So, yeah. wow, look at this. This is phenomenal, guys. You definitely have to go to the, the video side of this so you can see the uh, the pictures. And so these look like they're moments in time. Is that how it was set up? Yeah, the Andre the Giant ones, this is from John Arezzi. These are actually in video, uh, which okay. is the only time we've ever done a video NFT. Uh, they're two or three, they're three matches. Uh, uh, the first one I was a guy, uh, he wrestled a guy by the name of Buddy Wolf. Uh, then there's Andre the Giant, Chief J. Strongrow against the uh, Blackjack Lanza and somebody else. And then there's one Andre the Giant versus Professor Tanaka. Uh, these are actually video, you know, he shot them, I think, on 8mm, so there's no sound. Uh, he didn't have the, uh, you know, the iPhone back in the day in the 1970s. Yeah, no, not at all. Um, these, are great, these are great shots. So then we have uh, a couple of ones with Mookie Wilson. Uh, Mookie Wilson, of course, was with the 1986 Mets. Uh, people who know me know I'm a huge Mets fan. Um, and uh, we have a couple moments from Mookie from the 1986 World Series. This is his wild pitch uh, where uh, he uh, ducked and didn't get hit, and that allowed for the tying run to score. And, of course, eventually, uh, again, when you have so many moments that are unsold right now. Um, so how do you decide um, how to price them? Uh, you know, it, it's, again, this is a new business, so therefore it's all, you know, trial by fire, as I say. Yeah. See what works, what doesn't. For some of the more unique moments, we just do a set. You know, we, we do a, a top price auction. Uh, here now, you'll start seeing the uh, famous uh, Buckner error, uh, where Bill Buckner, the ball went through Bill Buckner's legs, and that scored the winning run on Game Six of the '86 World Series. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's a trial by fire. Um, you know, it's uh, just you know. It's a new business, so you're just, you know, trying your way around and see what works and, and just what doesn't. So for those that are new to NFTs, sometimes you're going to have a fixed price. Sometimes there will be an auction, just like, uh, you know, was mentioned. Now, are these single NFTs or are they copies of the same picture? So they're multiple times. Yeah, yeah. Basically, they run like baseball cards. Yep. Baseball cards, they run parallels. So like, for example, with Mookie Wilson, I think our the low uh, the, the 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 more the more rare print, the more rare the print run the more collectible they are so exactly have one 86 print run which is the black um it's less valuable than the gold or which would be a one of one got it uh mets are colors are uh, orange and uh blue so they're actually more rare than black usually black would be a more rare color but you know being mets I thought orange and blue would be interesting to do it that way. The artist is like, Are you sure? Why would you not? Why would you do? You know, black is a, is a, a, a more rare commodity. I'm like, it's Mets. It's blue and orange as a method to my madness. This is it. And I think eventually we'll hit the Rudy Rudiger ones. The Mookie was just launched, so that's why we haven't had many sales. Um, but eventually we'll get to the Rudy, Rudy and Rudiger, who, of course, was that. Uh, player who was a walk-on and played in that final game and they made a movie out of it that you know the thing is with all these nfts um yeah um what's great about them is you can collect it and own it and then resell it so um that's like you said uh, being a playing card you can exchange it with other people who might also have an interest um 
So this is, um, how do you decide what collectibles to, uh, to put up on your collection? Um, it's a lot, you know, really depends. Uh, again, with John Rezzi, who did the wrestling one, he owned the rights to the video. Uh, the, 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 WD, the WWE even acknowledges that he has the rights to the first Andre of the video. So there was a recent episode of the A&E WWE of Hidden Treasures. They actually had to license the footage from him. Uh, that was easy from a copyright aspect to to run because he owns the essentially owns the copyright to it. For uh, Mookie Wilson uh, NFTs, uh, you have to be wary of copyright law. Uh, be wary of uh, the the rights of Major League Baseball in in not only the footage, in the pictures, but also their logos. So what you do is you do a workaround. You create you work with artists. To do artist renditions and make sure that there's no uh, issues concerning, um, you know, logos, trademarks, and, and copyright, and, and do it that way, uh, and work with the athlete and have them approve it. So, for example, today I'm working on a new NFT. It's another wrestling personality, and I had instructions to my artist: don't do a specific logo, keep it out of the picture. And of course, they designed it with the logo, and I asked them, please take it out. I, I don't need a cease and desist. Right. A letter from the WWE. Um, so there's always, you know, that, that's always a concern. And, you know, be for, for those people studying in law school, uh, this might be a new area of law concentrated because it's, it's quite new and it's quite novel and it's quite fascinating. And you're trying to keep yourself out of trouble. And, you know, that's the beauty of being an attorney and being an NFT creator is you can think as an attorney and, and avoid situations which could be a problem. I mean, I see people on some of these platforms, you know, trying to create LeBron James uh, NFTs. And sometimes I get presented with um, art, uh, art photographers. Uh, I was presented with a photographer who took a well-known uh, album cover from the 1970s. And could I do an NFT of that? And I'm like, unless you have, uh, you know, permission from the band, you know, we have in certain states a right to, to right to publicity and, and that could be an issue. Um, and so there are just a lot of legal aspects that thankfully as an attorney, I, I could avoid as an NFT creator. So did you, um, did you have to um, do additional research uh, in the copyright area when you started to get involved with NFTs or was this something that you were already familiar with? I was familiar uh, with it for just from the background law school, but it's always, again, it's a new, type of um you know item and, and see whether it's kind of like the old days with the vcr you know there was yeah. litigation through that uh there's a, a very famous supreme court case about the vcr uh and so with anything burgeoning uh, in the marketplace you have to read up and make sure uh that it's still good law and, and how is it applicable and, and whatnot so yeah and i've talked to other attorneys about it as well so it's uh it is very interesting i mean uh the more uh that i follow both within the bar associations as well as you know other uh, legal writings uh within the nft space and cryptocurrency space things that were really not talked about a few years ago now are being looked at as uh possible areas that um attorneys and individuals need to know more about um, you know, so it, it is, it's interesting to see how, um, what was once considered something that, you know, 
was just for a few now because it's becoming more mainstream now lawyers are looking at it and other individuals as well so um why don't you go ahead again uh before we get farther into our conversation uh share with everyone where they can go to check out the uh the cards and um become a collector uh i think if you see the screen it's open c point uh, period io backslash accounts backslash literary guys nfc that's where they can find it yep that's for sure find all of it. and then of course uh they could search by the collection as well there there's that function so where do you see yourself going with the collectibles where do you think that um what kind of collectibles do you think that you might have down the road um we're working on a well-known twitter personality who has about four hundred thousand followers he runs like a comedy type but tweet twitter page i guess that's what he called these days uh he, he's done uh, a lot of commercialization of that uh, twitter handle uh and again his attorney is very slow i've had that nft done for about three weeks now <laughs> uh, so i'm waiting for that and that's again somebody with a big social media following so i think that it would catch fire yeah uh and then i'm working with another wrestling personality that i talked to last week who's very very well known in not only wrestling but in another sports um field uh we're doing two night teams to explore both areas including you know one sport that doesn't have any trading card exposure which is surprising it's a national uh race racing type circuit um that never had a trading card so now we're going to go into the nft trading card based on their personality so we have that and we have works with other players and whatnot uh, down the road including some well-known actors as well it's a slow process to talk to people and try to convince them because again you know you're dealing with people who don't get it um and you know it's not for them to get it's the same thing i collect a lot of vintage trading cards and i have cousins who swear that you know their age they like non-fungible you know assets uh i'm a fungible type of guy yeah uh but it's not for me to understand um if there's a marketplace out there um there's cater to the marketplace don't say no um as long as it makes sense so uh, uh for the sorry to interrupt for the artist or the uh the sports person uh do they get a residual from the nft um when it gets uh passed on from one to another yeah they do you can set it in OpenSea that there'll be a residual uh whenever uh it's uh, you know you're exchanging hands and it's it's disclosed uh every you know personality is different but it's usually their um agreement is based on final sale i think that that's the only fair um thing for them and for us it creates incentivizes them to publicize it they're getting a flat fee uh it you know there's no incentive for them to really push it out there no i agree with you i for the, i i wanted to bring that up in case uh, there were those that were listening that would might not know how it works in terms of the residual so um how are you sharing this out i know that i'm really grateful that you're on crypto mom too and that i'm able to share and let people know but where else are how are you getting the word out that you have these unusual trading cards Twitter, Facebook right now, you know, it's a, it's a really interesting market and, um, you know, marketing has always been a big part of my career, especially starting my own practice. It's just a different animal, uh, you know, how to find your 
marketplace is obviously a lot different as an risk attorney as opposed to an NFT creator. And it's just trying to find the right mix. Uh, right now, it's concentrated on Facebook and Twitter. Um, and, you know, you have to be wary. I always jokingly say when I started my own law practice, you start to realize there are a lot of people out there in the marketing realm who just, you know, only goal is to separate you from your money. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and, you know I, I had that, I had that, you know, I, I remember my time starting out my own practice 11 years ago. People thought I was crazy. And I remember hiring a PR guy and he didn't understand what a risk attorney was. So he's like, well, maybe you should uh, network with one of my other clients. They're a slip and fall attorney. I'm like, Ron, they can't get me clients. You don't understand <laughs> what I do. And when we did this NFT business, we hired a PR firm and, you know, got us some recognition on a couple of, you know, well-known Twitter handles. But he did also didn't understand what we did as well. So I said, after a week, I said to my friend who hired him, like, you got to let this guy go. He doesn't understand what we're trying to do, where our marketplace is and, and whatnot. So it's just, um, you know, being a new business, it's very difficult to get the word out and, and trying to find the right mix of people that would be interested in the product. And it's, uh, again, trial by fire, and you see what works and what doesn't. And uh, as long as you don't devote so much resources into something that doesn't work, you'll be okay. So I learned about NFTs when I saw that Yale did an auction and raised money off of an NFT that was on OpenSea. So I know that, you know, different universities and charities are looking at this um, as a way to raise money. Have you thought about um, maybe approaching them to um, a, a, a name nonprofit to maybe partner to do um, to, to share that area and kind of give you different exposure? We've thought about that. And uh, it's something I have to follow, follow up with my buddy, Larry, because Larry's got a lot of relationships with some uh, well-known charities in my area. And, you know, that creates a lot of goodwill and brings eyeballs and does a lot of good. Yeah. Yeah, I for sure. We thought, you know, I used to be involved in fundraising for a lot of other civic groups in the past. And to me, it's a no brainer for them to delve into that area. Uh, it just uh, brings interest and could bring somebody who maybe never contributed for and, and go out and buy something and, and support a great cause. Yeah, that's well, definitely. I know that you and I are going to have continuing conversations and um, I'll definitely, you know, share other ideas that might help um, promote because I think NFTs and the creativity, um, you know, is something that um, more and more people are going to become involved with. Uh, it is definitely a, a new market, but but not so new because, I mean, it's been around for about six years now, but it just has recently gained traction. Um, but that's true with a lot of things. Sometimes it's been around and then it has to just become popular. And then all of a sudden say, oh, that was an overnight success. No, there was actually a foundation there before. <laughs> like the first time I was, I think I was in law school and I found Amazon uh, when it was just a bookstore. And, <laughs> that's wow, right. that I remember that. Five <laughs> yeah. or 96. I think if you go into my account, you actually find the first thing I bought, which I think was like the films of Al Pacino or something like that. It's amazing. Just amazing how, you know, over time things evolve and change. It'll be interesting to see where 10, 15, 20 years down the road where the NFT world goes. So um, 
any last minute thoughts that you want to share with the listeners, um, including one more time where they can find the memorabilia and everyone who's listening know that um, his collection is going to be growing. So definitely visit it often, visit it, you know, um, you know, every few months. Um, and that way you can see what's there and there's going to always be something that will catch your interest. But where, what other things would you like to share with them? No, I mean, it's a very, uh, inter- like I said, it's a very interesting time and a very exciting business to me. This is no different than any type of burgeoning business. This is no different than the dot-com era from 20-some-odd years ago or even back in the day when uh, I had a, somebody in my school whose parents had this little thing called video rentals that they added to their stationery store in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, <laughs> it's it's just an interesting time. and. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out over the next 15, 20 years. Yeah, for sure. And uh, we'll be part of it. And that's what's exciting is uh, to be uh, within it and a part of it and educate others so they can join too. So thank you so much for being on. And everyone definitely like and subscribe so that way you can stay tuned for more episodes of Crypto Mom 2. And um, we'll talk soon. Thank you. Recording stopped.